All right. Good morning. He has risen. Okay, listen. This past week, the internet ripped off one of my sayings. I'm just, I'm just going to go there. I couldn't believe it. We started a tradition here about three years ago that it really bothers me. How many of us use the word indeed as part of our weekly lexicon? Oh, indeed. You know, we don't say that. And yet we do this in Christian churches all over the nation. He's risen indeed. Um, but, you know, let's get down to the earthiness of who we are as a culture and a people. And I think there's no better statement that encapsulates that. I'm going to break with Christian tradition and just say, let's be authentic and let's give it a good old, oh, you betcha. <laughs> right? So he is risen. You Isn't that better? That's just better. Let me pray and we'll get into the word and the message this morning. Do you feel new today? Do you feel new? I hope so. We're going to give you some spit and polish today. We're going to give you a wax job, okay? All right, we're looking forward to this. Let's pray. Father, it is tremendous to celebrate that which there are no words, that which mystifies man and yet draws us to you. Lord, I pray that as we look at those that were in a room shortly after the resurrection, with so much emotion, so much fear, circumstances and events that had shattered their future, Father, I would be foolish to think that those same things are not happening in this room right now. There are so many similarities to the room that we are going to see in Scripture to this room right now. And so I pray just as we read in Scripture that regardless of the doors being locked, your Son entered that room. I pray the same now that your son moves through all locked doors and speaks to every person here. We ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of your word. Amen. Amen. I just want to say at the forefront, kids, those kids that are in the room, you should have like an activity booklet. Excellent. Well done. Feel free to do that stuff. Parents, it's for the kids. Just let's get that straight. All right. How many of you have gotten something new recently? Right? You've gotten something new. Maybe it's a maybe it's a new car. We heard about that last week from somebody. Somebody got a new car. And, and here's a great thing about new cars. They don't stay new. Right? That first ding, that first scratch. Oh, it's so hard to take. And uh, and yet some of us. We, we, we kind of got a new haircut, right? Men, let me just give you some spiritual wisdom. When your wife gets a new haircut, you better pay attention, right? Uh, some of us have gotten, you know, new clothes for today, right? You guys look great. I just have to tell you, you look fantastic. And so I got something new last year. And uh, I got it because I hit this milestone of 50. You know, a lot of things happen new when you hit 50, I have, these, um, I have these new tan spots on my, on my hands, and they're starting to show up on my face. I have these new things that, that um, you know, uh, 
I don't know, there's some kind of like lack of polymer in my skin anymore. Um, there, there's, um, there's new um, experiences that are happening as I try to get out of bed in the morning sometimes. There's a, a lot of things new when I hit 50. Some of you have gotten a new job. Some of you have gotten new family members. Some of you have gotten new tragedy. Some of you have gotten new challenges. So when I got this guitar, I bought this guitar because there's a responsibility with it. That if I was going to invest in something like that, it dare not sit on the wall. It looks real good sitting on the wall. Just for on that level, I can live with that just right there. But it's on the wall to remind me every day when I walk in, it's right there and it's calling out. It's calling out. It's like, hello, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. You stink, but let's have a partnership. Come on. Come play me. You know, here's the thing with our faith. At some point, our faith was new, was it not? For some of us today, maybe that faith will be new. But sometimes we set it on the shelf. Sometimes we've taken that thing that's new and we just kind of partitioned it away because we know we're owners of it, right? But we've really stopped using it. And it's lost its sense of newness. This morning, for those who have named Jesus Christ, who have come into faith, I encourage you, make it new again. Make it new again. Our theme this year, I'm announcing it right now, is we're new creations in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 We are new creations. Every day, every moment is new. Every possibility is new in Christ. Amen? So let's not just be consumers of Christ where we buy and then we put them on the shelf. We say, oh, yeah, I'm an owner. But let's be consumers of Christ, where we consume him every day. Amen? Let's get into what we're looking at this morning out of John 20. This is a new twist. What's new? Well, there's a lot of things that are new. We're going to look at this new, uh, uh, the resurrection story from a new angle, if you will. Many of you are familiar with Thomas, and you know the story of Thomas because he's got a great name, right? What's his name? Oh, yes, Doubting Thomas. You know what's interesting is, what would your name be? What would your name be? My name might be, you know, Giant Jer or something in the Bible. I don't know. Uh, dorky Jer. Like, not funny Jer. Um, hopefully, what would be in here if I was recorded is Faithful. Loving Jer. Worshipful Jer. Honoring Jer. But poor Thomas. You know, he got a bad rap. And we're going to look at his life real quickly here. And I think a lot of us in this room can really relate to Thomas. Let's find out. The scripture's up on the screen, but I'm going to read it from the Word right here. And we're going to break it into three passages this morning. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, by the way, this is after Christ has risen, okay? You heard that passage this morning. Just in case you're confused, we're here because Jesus Christ rose. 
Okay, I'm jumping a little bit forward in the story. That's why it's a new angle. We're not going to the tomb. We're not going to uh, Peter and John rushing in. We're not going to the angels talking to people. We're not going to Mary and the gardener. And we're not going to any of those places. We're going to a room where the resurrection is going to take power. All right? Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So Jesus had already visited them in this room one time before. Have you ever missed the party? Have you ever gotten there late? That's this guy. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas said, no way. That's what it says, right? She says, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's right up there, it's on the screen. No, that's not what Thomas said. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. If you go back just prior in John, it's the only place in the Gospels where it records it. Jesus and the disciples are getting ready to head up to Jerusalem for this very event. It's right before Lazarus is going to be raised from the dead. And Jesus challenges his disciples and says, it's time to go. It's time to go. And he talks about the fact that he must go. The Son of Man must be crucified, lifted up, right? Must be sacrificed. And it's not what the disciples want to hear. And it's a confusing message. Wait, this is new. This is new. This is a confusing message. Do you know that this is the part of Thomas that nobody remembers? Of all the disciples, Thomas speaks up and he says, let's go die with him. That's the same guy that just says, unless I put my fingers there, I'm not going to believe. I don't care what you say. Now that's new. Something's changed. And maybe for some of us today, we're a lot like Thomas and we can identify with him. Let me help you understand that point of view. Have you seen the Lord? This is the statement that the disciples make. Well, somehow Thomas missed the boat, right? He wasn't in the right place at the right time initially. Let me just encourage you today. You are in the right place at the right time right now. Amen? So let's see what happened. There's two different people in the room. Which room? This one or the one in Scripture? Both. Both. There's two different people in the room. There's those that are the disciples that say, we've seen him. Thomas, we saw him. And then there's that infamous name, the doubter. And his response is what? Unless I see, I will never believe. And this is what he's known for. What are you and I known for? Are you one today that's in this room and you're saying, I've seen him. I've seen him. Now, I'd be a fool not to recognize this and pause for a moment. When we say that, we're taking a little bit of liberty, right? If you've seen Jesus, I want to meet with you privately. Okay? <laughs> I really do. When we talk about, I've seen him, they literally saw him. When we see him, it's how he reveals himself to us through Scripture, through the Holy Spirit, 
the particular way he does this now, now that he has ascended and he's with the Father. Okay, so when I say have, there's people in the room that have seen Jesus, that's what I mean. Okay, because some of you should be running for the doors and out the windows if, if uh, the other was happening on, on a certain level, on a wholesale level. So what's happening here? Well, the question where we start with the resurrection story is, have you seen the Lord? Have you seen him? Because this is a whole new dynamic, right? Someone coming back from the dead? I mean, let's just expose that elephant in the room, right? This is why we're here today. This is why I just hear something new. I went and I grabbed my coffee this morning. We were so organized, and because of Carly and the band and Brian doing this and, and Dave and all this, I, I got here and we, and we had everything going. We have two services today. It's fantastic. There's lots going on. It's really exciting. There's a children's thing and all. And I'm not doing This is what I'm doing today. This is it. And so I got done at like, like 8.30 with all that I had to have. And I'm like, I want a coffee. So I drove down the street to that God's kiosk of caffeine. Here's something new. It took me five minutes to get out of the driveway because there was traffic on a Sunday morning. There's a new dynamic on Easter, folks. There's a new dynamic. Suddenly the churches are busy. Right? There's new news. Hey, he's not dead. Thomas, he's not dead. There's new news. Something has changed. There's a new reality. And I would have to think, as Thomas is sitting there thinking through all these things and these challenges, he's looking at it and he's saying, come on, I know these guys. I know these guys. They're not lying. They're speaking about this as if it's real. How much more important is it than what he's saying? Something's wrong. Something's desperately wrong here in Thomas. Let's see if we can understand how that works for us. So, continuing on in the passage, someone's checking my accuracy on Google right now. <laughs> Siri. Meet Jesus. So, chapter, uh, chapter 20, I got so excited that my pages flipped there. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. You know, here's the interesting thing. We have locked doors. We have locked doors. And some of us, while Jesus at some point may have seemed new, something happened. Just like with Thomas, something happened. You know how important emotion plays in your decisions? And when you get disappointed in something, you are willing to set aside the very thing that at one moment you were willing to die for. Are you there today? Have you locked your doors to Jesus? Because some event was so overwhelming and you got so disappointed in Jesus that you locked the door. I want you to wrestle with that. Because how does Thomas sit there, the one who is ready to die for Jesus? He's hearing from his friends, his, his cohorts, and they're saying he's alive. And there's something so deep, so bitter, 
He's saying, unless I put my finger in the scars, I'm never going to believe. Is that you today? Is that people that you know today? And the question about locked doors is, with this locked door, did Jesus lock the door? It's not Jesus' fault. It's because we let some event, some cataclysmic event, strike us so deeply. Brothers and sisters, there are people, as I look out amongst you, I know some of you. You've had family members murdered. You have lost children. You have been heartbroken. You have suffered abuse. You've been given an illness that you never asked for. And every day you sit here in pain and you think about how everybody else is just having such a great life, but you're in constant pain. Some of, you, uh, of us are suffering from depression and you wish you had that freedom. And it's all Jesus' fault. So I'm locking the door. Although the doors were locked, Jesus still came. That's my prayer for you today. That regardless of what event has happened that has so affected you, that you know no matter what it is, Jesus, just like in this room, can go right through that locked door. He can go right through that locked door. Amen? That's an amen moment. You know, sometimes when we do this, we put terms on Jesus, don't we? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with this new thing as long as it works out really well for me. You know, here's the thing. It didn't work out so well for any of these guys. If you know their history, they all died gruesome, horrible deaths. But they did so willingly. Wow, that's power. Right? To know Christ doesn't mean that we get to experience right now this incredibly easy, beautiful, comfortable, simple life. By the way, that's what's called America here in Concord, California. Maybe it's time that we experience some suffering like our brothers and sisters. I hope you've been praying for our, our brothers and sisters around the world today. You know what happened in Egypt last week for Palm Sunday. No other time in the world has the cause of Christ been so persecuted. Not even the early church had this kind of persecution worldwide. And it's, it's here. In certain forms, in certain ways, we put terms on Jesus we set up locked doors of our own. There's a new cynicism stepping, stemming from broken expectations and isolation. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, we keep reading. That's what we do. We look and see what happened in that room that day. And what's it say? It says, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and put on your hand and, <clears throat> and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. What happens next? Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God! Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. So much to unpack right there in so little time. But let's try to look at it. My Lord and my God. Wow. That room, that room, 
what we learn from that room is whatever it is that's going on that has hit this to cause you to put Jesus on the shelf or to lock your doors or whatever, however you want to term it, right? I want you to pay attention. Jesus was not in the room when Thomas said what Thomas said. Jesus hears. Jesus knows. Jesus sees. All indicated by the truth of what we see happen and how the events transpire in that room. What about this room? You see, Jesus is here. What is it that you have said, I'm locking my doors because of this tremendous, tremendous hurt? You know, we become irrational. And it makes a lot of sense. Please hear me. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus Christ. Can you imagine him walking up to Thomas and saying, you're being a jerk. Are you kidding me? I mean, I already got, got one guy that betrayed me, and, and you, you came up and you were saying like, you know, I'll go die for you, and now I get this? Are you kidding me? Sometimes we think that's what Jesus is going to say. What does he say to Thomas? Thomas, come here. I heard you. Give me your hand. Ooh. Let me satisfy every single stipulation you have so you can have all the confidence that I hear you, I understand your hurt, but there is a bigger thing going on here than you. Now, can we be done with this? Are you ready to get back on board? Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus knows what your hurt is. Can I encourage you? Don't give up on him showing up. Just how Jesus showed up to Thomas, he's waiting to show up for you. I don't have time to get into it, but I've had those same things, and Jesus has shown up. You call me throughout the week, you email me, you, you do whatever, you text me, whatever it takes, and I'll sit with you and I'll share those stories. But you know what? It took me trusting in Jesus and unlocking those doors to hear Him. It gave me a new perspective. It gave Thomas a new perspective. That of life and not of death. Amen? So this morning, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is so fascinating. It's one of my favorite parts of Scripture. Because Jesus in that moment, in that room, who is He talking about? This room! Now you say, I'm waiting for Jesus to be seen. Open your eyes. It's right there. Because of His omnipotence, His omniscience, He knew you would be here now. There are no happen chances. There are no circumstances in God's kingdom. He gets it. And He's speaking now to you. And He's saying, you believe, Thomas? You believe because you see. And I'm willing to do that for you because I love you. But let me tell you about a group of other people. Those who will never see me, but they believe. Jesus was thinking of you in that moment. 
Have you believed because you have seen me? Is Jesus' quote. And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. This morning as we look at that room and we compare this room, that is my challenge to us in closing. Are you ready to be new? Are you ready to be new? Are you ready to do something new that Jesus wants you to do? Are you ready to give over that thing that you've locked that door off to Jesus? Do you see the evidence of Jesus caring so much that as Thomas is hurting and he's wrapped up in his self-absorption, whatever it is, Jesus doesn't diminish that. I want you to hear me clearly on this. Because you're hurting over something, because something is so difficult and so challenging, the enemy wants to get in there and make you think and make you feel guilty about being upset that this stuff has landed in your lap and that it's caused a spiritual struggle now. That's not Jesus' attitude. We see it demonstrated with Thomas. Of all people, Thomas should have known. Of all people, you would think Jesus, and Jesus on occasion said, oh my goodness, whoa, hey, hey, you know, how long do I have to be with these guys? You guys just don't... He says that on occasion. He doesn't do it with Thomas. He knows exactly what Thomas's hurt is, and he comes right to Thomas and he says, fine, come here, let's get this over with so we can just move forward. Don't diminish your hurt, but don't be held captive by it. And don't lock your door off to Jesus. Because guess what? They tried to lock the door. You can try to lock the door all you want. But if Jesus wants you, He's going to get you. That's a, a sermon I'm working on for Halloween. I, that did not... I don't know why that came out that way. That just was, was so scary and draconian. I, he's going to get you. No, it's more of like a heart thing, okay? You know, he's going to get you. We serve a risen Savior. If Jesus could conquer over death, you think he can walk through a locked door? Yeah, yeah. This is the testimony by a group of guys. My encouragement to you is this. We're going to close with a song right now. The worship band, come on up. And as they prepare, there's a beautiful, beautiful song, and it's a song of celebration. Um, and Carly, you can just kind of lightly, don't get into the tempo yet, but give me, give me, some, uh, give me some feel in the background there maybe. We're going to pray. My encouragement to you is this. In your bulletins this morning, you will find... A, a piece of paper that tells you in depth how to have that new relationship with Jesus Christ. The question for you is this, do you want it? If you're in the room today and you have yet to meet Jesus, do you want that relationship? The reality is he knows that we all doubt. But maybe, maybe in this moment, by looking into this room, something struck your heart. And maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Let me give you the best way I can describe that. Is that suddenly there's a tension that didn't exist. Your mind is fighting your heart. And there's some thoughts there that didn't used to exist. Usually that means the Holy Spirit's talking to you saying, Jesus is coming to you. Now what do you do in response to that? You have to take a step of faith. You have to take a step of faith. You're not going to know everything. Amen, Mitzi? You're not going to know everything. 
then it would, wouldn't be a step of faith, would it? The question is, does your heart want that faithfulness, that beauty, that relationship, that newness in Jesus Christ? That's the question. So as I pray this morning, let's stand. And let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this scene in this room. Every person that's here, people that say they've seen Jesus, and yet I'm sure that there are people in this room even now that say, unless I touch, unless I, you know, I'm not going to believe. But let those words of Christ in that moment speak to the people that are in this room right now, that we look, we say, we value the idea that there's something that's being whispered to our hearts, a longing for Jesus, even though we don't know, we, we cannot touch the scars, we cannot touch the pierced side. It is in faith. But we know that there's something new, there's something different. And maybe it's for some of us that want to hand over that wound Maybe it's for some of us that want to hand over that, that's, that hurt, that difficulty that separated us from Him. Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit speaks definitively even now. That if there's even one heart in this room that desires You in a new way, that they would raise their hand right now. That they would acknowledge You before men, that they would raise their hand and say, I want that new relationship with Jesus Christ. And that You would see that hand Father, I also pray for those that are carrying wounds and that they need that new, fresh experience with you. Speak to their hearts as well. We commit this time to you, our lighthouse. Amen.